Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath, B2B marketer, sport card collector and investor, and professional wrestling fan. How are you doing? I am just, I'm excited because you know what? I'm here to talk cards. I'm not here to get deep down in the weeds, in the dark depths of the sports cards drama. Man, it's like a reality TV show these days. People love to get stirred up in sewing circles and bicker back and forth. I've seen a lot of people talk about this, that Instagram is slowly becoming um, blowout forum. You know, I've never been a member on the blowout forum, although I do enjoy the stories. I think uh, Kyle from Wax Museum does a nice job of bringing some of those stories to life, doing some detective work and curating the good stuff for listeners like me. But I, you know, I don't get caught up in the he said, she said, uh, this card is X when it should be Y. Um, This person is pumping their cards. This person is manipulating the market. Like, you know, I, I think there's just been a lot of bickering back and forth. And when I take a step back and zoom out, um, I'm seeing a lot of people just yearning for attention. And it's like, when did we get into this place where we need to go out and seek attention by providing color commentary on other people's deals and other people's happening. Um, that's, to me, that's not why I'm here. I am here because I enjoy collecting cards. I enjoy meeting other people who share in this passion. I enjoy appreciating cardboard. Um, I enjoy the hunt. I enjoy learning. I'm a very curious person. I enjoy sharing what I'm learning with all of you on Stacking Slabs. And so I don't really understand all of the drama-inducing activities. And to me, it's, it, it's, it's a negative look on those people who get caught up in that. And so for me, I just wanted to call that out on top. It's, you know, obviously I hope that if you're coming here to listen to my show, you know I'm not here to bring others through the mud. I'm not here to give you my picks. I'm not here to um, stir up controversy or read the hobby headlines. That obviously influences some of this show, and I've got to address some important topics, and we're going to do that today. But this is your hobby content alternative. You're here because you want to have fun. You want to enjoy the hobby. You want to learn what I'm learning from other people or how I'm operating. And that's what we're doing here on the damn stacking slabs podcast. We're here to, we're here to be positive and that's what we're doing. So I'm going to start off from the top. We're going to talk about that Jordan card because how could you not? It's been a, it's been a element of controversy over the week. I'm going to share my perspective on the Jordan card and other liquid cards of goats. Going to do that. I'm also going to jump in and just share like, the basketball playoffs and 
how I'm looking at things and how I might have looked at things a year ago today and how those things are a little bit different right now. Um, and I, you know, I'm just going to share some remarks on things I'm doing, how I'm collecting, what's making me happy. And that's what we're going to do here on the Wednesday social. Thank you for being here. Let's get it going. I want to start off from the top and shout out all you wrestling card collectors out there. You have been a bastion of positivity for me. This community, it is small, it's mighty, it's growing. And I love it because it's a group of people who don't get caught up in, hey, I need attention over here. Come come look at what I'm saying. I'm going to go comment or I'm going to go share and repost a bunch of negative stuff. It's none of that. And that's why I love it. It's people who love pro wrestling and people who love wrestling cards. And I want to shout out Wrestling With Cards, my man, Zan Morning. You've heard him on here. He had a two-part conversation with another guest I had, David Peck, who I would say is the goat of wrestling cards. I will say it because his collection is second to none, badass, and I have an appreciation for the way he operates and what he does. But those two guys sat down. Great awareness-building conversation about wrestling cards, the market, um, and that was fun. I got to listen to that this week, part one, part two. So go check out Wrestling um, with Cards, Zan's channel. Just a great example of what I like in the hobby. I like two people sitting down and talking about cards and things they love, things they're seeing, and opportunities. And I just got to point every listener to the Stacking Slabs podcast over to Zan's channel, that conversation. And again, like I can't say it enough. If you like wrestling, check out wrestling cards. Like, go dig in. Think like an owner. Do what makes you happy. I'm doing that. And it is just such a great escape from all of the madness in the people in their sewing circles and stirring up a bunch of shit. Like, I'm here to talk about wrestling cards, pro graps, and why I love it. And speaking of pro graps, I am headed to SummerSlam, baby. I'm going to Vegas. Uh-oh. It's going to be wild. I secured my ticket. I am fired up to get into that new stadium. It's being hosted where the Raiders play, baby. Going to see that new stadium for the first time. I got my ticket, and SummerSlam is going to be awesome. I can't wait. I cannot wait to be a part of the madness and join a stadium full of wrestling DJs, cheering our guys, being marks. And I'm going with five buddies. A Vegas trip with five buddies around pro wrestling. You can't beat that. So I am just really excited. Now let's jump right in to the topic at hand and what everyone's saying and everyone's getting all the talk of the town. And that is this this 86 Fleer Jordan sale slash non-sale via PWCC. I've got a lot to say. And... I think first and foremost, for me, off the top, I have not just taken what has happened and said, oh, that's happened, and then go, let me go provide a bunch of commentary. No, no. I took a step back, dug into the data, sourced opinions, looked at parallel cards, and tried to figure out, hey, if I did the homework and looking through sales, data, what's happening with the market, would I have? some understanding of what I think is really happening and what's going on? Yes, and that's what I did, and that's what I have done. I think if you haven't been paying attention at all and you're just a listener of the pod, the Jordan 
86 Flare PSA 10 sold for 180K through a PWCC auction this week on eBay. Now, there was a bunch of issues, and that was the sale. It was a huge drop from the last sale. And so that got people's attention. People started to talk. PWCC has come out since saying that there was some uh, issues with bidding, which I think, you know, people always will say, you know, well, maybe PWCC is just saying this because the card is low and the buyer's pissed. I will say that when this card was sold, that was the story that came out from a lot of different sources immediately that they were people were struggling to bid on this card. So everyone did their due diligence. Everyone said, you know what, like, let's take this sale down. You know, even the car ladder team took the sale off the board. Um, and the last sale of the Fleer 86 Jordan is now 282K. That's the last sale right now that's being reported. And so I think, you know, extremes, people want to focus on extremes. So when that non-sale happened and people saw the 180K, immediately the message was the industry's falling apart. Things are just going down. Um, you know, I saw this card sell for 750K in January. A lot of different people with a lot of different opinions who weren't doing the work to understand the heartbeat and pulse of what is happening with the sports card market. I think the benefit of what we have to our disposal right now as collectors and people who care about this industry is the data and the ability to go take the time, look through trends, and look through what is happening with the market. You obviously all know I use Card Ladder. I use it every day, multiple times a day because I'm a student of the game and that platform allows me to be better, to, to have better intelligence on what's really happening and leave it to the data rather than leave it to some talking head talking about or theorizing about what's happening with the industry. So much of what is wrong right now with the market is people with platforms going out and saying, this is the way it is, or this is what's happening. And then their followers or sheep just go get attracted and then start stirring up a bunch of bullshit. That's what's happening. Like, I hope if you listen to Sacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative, you know that that's not what I'm about. I'm about trying to just share, this is how I operate. This is what I do. This is what I'm learning. And I try to put some substance behind what I'm saying. So with that sale, the, the biggest thing that I noticed first and foremost, and I think a lot of people that I'm engaging with said, is these cards shot up way too fast. They got way hyped. And a lot of people that hyped up these cards are nowhere to be found now. Accountability is important. Accountability, put them on your watch list. All the people three months ago who were saying, buy now, buy now, buy now. Like, where are they now talking about them? Like, what are they doing? accountability in this hobby is critical. So I think from my end, this is, this is what I see. I see these cards all shot up way too fast, especially like, go, just go look at the pop reports. Go look at the pop reports. You can buy an 86 Fleer Jordan anytime you want. Uh, maybe not necessarily in the PSA 10 grade. Maybe you can, but like the pop reports on these cards are, it, it's outrageous. They're liquid, okay? So, Everyone's saying, this is a million-dollar card. This is a million-dollar card. 
then you get people who don't know what they're doing, then they get into the golden auctions, and then they say, oh, well, if he says it's a million-dollar card, by me getting it right now for 750 k it's a steal, okay? That's the problem. Now, if you look at the last sale, legitimate sale now that the PWCC one has you know, been eliminated, this card, 282 k okay? So that in a three-month period, a three-month period is down 209K, okay? It's down 209K. But in a one-year time frame, it's still up 220K, okay? So that's just insane, okay? And it shows things shoot up too fast, and then now things are coming down. But the coming down is coming back down to reality and being normal. So then I said to myself, okay, well, like, everyone's focused on this, this Jordan card. Like, let's look at some of the other liquid cards of significance in our hobby from people that, from players who people consider goats and see what's happening with their cards. So I got three for you. Three cards that we all know and love that are readily available, that are of goats and so the first one you got lebron's psa 10 tops chrome rookie it's now and there's there's a theme here with the prices of these cards which is interesting the the lebron card right now is at 15k psa 10 this is down eighty five hundred dollars in the last three months but it is up 6k over the past year make a note of that next card 96 Tops Chrome PSA 10 Kobe rookie now at 15k, so it shares in that price with the LeBron. It is down 19k in three months. Jeez, would not want to be a person who bought then, but it's up $8,400 over the past year. Again, cards shot up too fast, are coming down, they're coming down, they're not crashing to the floor, they're coming down and still up over the past year. Last card, different sport. Brady, Bowman Chrome, PSA 10. Now at 15K. 15K, 15K, 15K. Down $3,400 over the last month, but up 9K over the year. Okay, it doesn't take rocket science when you're looking at the data to see that these cards, while they are going down, they're coming down from just, their hyperbolic peaks and at those peaks obviously people bought those cards and I don't know all the reasons why people bought those cards at the peaks but I can assume that maybe some of the stories maybe some of the content maybe some of the uh, self-interest that were pushed with these cards and now things are balancing out and when they're balancing out The hobby's not burning or crashing. These cards are coming down and they're still up. What do I have to say about that? I have to say, control your damn narrative. Control your narrative. Don't let other people do it. Think like an owner and be in it for you and not anyone else. I am looking at the basketball games. I'm watching the playoffs. And as I record this right now, it's it's uh, we had the Clippers close out the Jazz last night. We... 
there's more basketball being played. Obviously, that will have changed by the time this goes live. But as I'm thinking about this, I, I reflected back on this time last year or the bubble play and how the market was was operating. And I think so much of the way things were was was about um, buying cards based on what a player does. Okay, so as I'm recording this right now, and I'm not saying this isn't going to happen. Maybe it still will. But so much of the hot, the basketball card market was about this. Like Terrence Mann had a career game, you know, as I record this last night. I would imagine there'll still be people that are trying to buy Terrence Mann cards today. But like Terrence Mann was Michael Jordan this time last year based on that. The market was reactive. It was very reactive. Everyone saw money in cards and players and performances and everyone used PSA as a facilitator to take advantage of a reactionary market. Eventually, like, let me just send everything in. Eventually, someone like Terrence Mann is going to go off. And when Terrence, a guy like Terrence Mann goes off, and I'm not saying Terrence Mann isn't a great player and maybe is the next star. He very well could be. This is just an example, an example that's front and center for me. But eventually, these guys will go off. I will have PSA 10s or 9s of these players in Prism and people, because of the market and how it's reactionary, people are going to want to buy them. And I'll have them so I can sell them and, and make money off of it. Trust me, it's not, it, it, it was hard, it's hard not to join that party during that market. I think everybody was doing that. I think myself included, right? I was getting back into cards. I was trying to figure out how the market worked. And this is what I was seeing. And I said to myself, okay, so like I can just send in a bunch of these base rookie cards pay a little bit, then get the money back and then go buy cards I want with that. Like it's hard not to take advantage of that at the time. And I see, I see, you know, I see, I see I'm starting to see like this, this response and reaction, especially in this market, kind of taking a, a few steps back. And I think I'm 100% confident that PSA's moves are the best thing possible for the long-term viability of the hobby. Like I would much rather be in a place where people are coming from an abundance. Not everyone's trying to take advantage and just make sales off of all of these cards that don't really mean anything. Those population reports are super high and um, just, just trying to make profit off of cards that are a bunch of junk. Like I think like to me, and I'm not, a, I'm not here to like kiss anyone's ass and I'm not here to, you know, recognize decisions but i do think like personally i think nat and his team deserve credit for some of these business decisions that psa made whether you like them or not um i don't i don't think i'm the only one who thinks this and you know mass produced cards that that get a psa 10 i don't think should be worth 500 and a thousand dollars like that's just me like i would much rather protect this hobby from you know going and into a nosedive like we experienced, you know, decades ago. It's simple supply and demand economics. Um, and I think being like having a structure in place that prevents just absolute chaos and like it is not chaos to make money. And I don't want to make, make it sound like I'm on here to saying like we shouldn't make money off of cards. Like I'm just saying like we need to have some control of the process in a, in a hobby in a market that lacks regulation. I think trusting on business owners and operators who have control and power of this situation to do the right thing is what I'm about. And so I think like, let's put this in context 
of the playoffs and what is resetting like the market with PSA's involvement do for us. For me, point blank, I look at the games from the lens of I'm going to sit down and just enjoy the damn games. I'm not going to think about, oh, how can I, you know, try to take advantage of what's happening in this basketball game? Like, I know a lot of people in cards bet, and I know a lot of people in cards gamble. And I, I occasionally, hell, I just talked about going to Vegas, and am I not going to pl- put a, a future bet on Colts or something? Probably. But I don't want to live my life in the hobby as a gambler. I, I don't want that. I'd rather watch the games, enjoy the games, and then go collect what I like. I want to be fans of players and look at long-term opportunities for key pieces of them. The long-term mindset means people are here for the long haul. That's what I want as a hobby participant. I think we we need people who are interested and who are entering to be educated, not educated by quotes, the influencers. And think like influencers, I've got a big following. And I'm not saying everyone with a big following is doesn't know what they're talking about. That's not the case at all. But like just because someone has a big following does not mean they know what they're talking about. Straight up, 100. I think people with platforms have lost thousands of dollars. Go look at the receipts. Go look at the receipts of what people in their content and their talking have talked about over the last, you know, 6 to 12 months. The receipts are there. Like if you want if you want to take the time to do it, they're there. So if, if, if someone has a platform and they're telling you to go buy these cards right now and they're saying they bought these cards right now, maybe the LeBron, maybe the LeBron refractor, maybe the Jordan, there's receipts out there. There's receipts out there and based on the way the market is right now, there's a lot of money that has been lost and these are the people that are telling people that are coming into the hobby what to buy and when to buy. I think education by people that are collectors and have a passion who've been here for a while, that is that is what I'm about. And anything I can do with stacking slabs to help facilitate that, I'm gonna do it and I'm about. That's what I'm about. So just for me as a fan, have I bought any cards based on NBA playoff performances? I haven't. I haven't at all. Even though it's a down market and even though like there there's there's time this might be a good time to buy, make buys with NBA players. For me, it's more about like, I'm in it for the long haul. It's, 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 this is a long race. I don't want to have a reactionary mindset. But like for me, as I'm watching these players, I will say like, I do have a new appreciation for Trey Young. A lot of what he's done has reminded me of Reggie Miller. The way he approaches himself, the way he wants to be a heel, the way he is balling out, the way he's carrying his team, like I appreciate that and I value that. Does that mean I'm going to go, you know, spend, you know, 5k on a a Trey Young, you know, parallel prism rookie card right now? No, probably not. But it it puts a, a it puts a light bulb in my head to say, you know what? Like if this time next year in league passes on and there's five games to watch and I find myself watching Trey and Trey scores 35 points, and that continues over time, then it's for me, it's like, you know what? Like maybe it's time to buy a cool trade piece. Same thing with Devin Booker. And Devin Booker is just, uh, he's a very likable guy. I mean, he is uh, everything with Sons and Four, the way he has got that man some tickets and signed gear, uh, just 
balling out, maximizing his maximizing his game on his, on the biggest platform there is. Like, I I like Devin Booker. I think a lot of people do. Does that mean I'm going to go buy Devin Booker cards right now? No, but I'm going to pay attention more to what he's doing. So I think that's what I'm saying, and that's what I think we, we all should be doing. Like, let's just enjoy the damn games. Let's collect what we like. Let's buy what we like. Let's let all the other market stuff work itself out, and let's be here and let's be positive. I want to shout out my man Coleman at Coleman's Cards. Michael Coleman, man, that was a great conversation. I had so much good feedback. If you haven't already, Make sure you go check out that episode. It's a great episode if you're thinking about going to card shows. He has been to, let me jog my memory really quick. He has been to over Miami. He went to Wisconsin Dells. He went to Dallas. He went to Houston. He went to Philly and a bunch of California shows in between. Guy knows what he's talking about. And I think it's important that you follow people like that who are on hitting the ground, doing the work. That's what I'm trying to bring to you on these conversations on Friday. Shout out Weekly Rip. If you haven't already, definitely sign up for it. Link in my bio and in the show notes. I'm having fun doing that. I got a lot of good feedback on my MJ commentary. I talked about the basketball card fanatic, why I enjoy that. And then again, my conversation with Jake at 90s basketball cards. This Friday, Hobby Hustle. I'm bringing on my man Bennett at Devin Currant. Bennett is the buyer of the BGS 8 Tim Duncan Green PMG at the Golden Auctions. He's someone who I met in Dallas, and I said, you know what? You're a passionate collector who loves PMG cards. Let's just get you on the show and chop it up, man. So that is what you can expect on the Friday conversation. This week, I put out, think about where you, you, you were in the hobby this time last year. Consider your evolution. Even OGs can recognize progression. Undeniable forces move this market. We can't stop the changes, but curious collectors learn to adapt. Information is the juice. We all get these notifications. I get them, you know, when I'm looking on my uh, archives of um, on my Instagram. There's always this time last year, and I see a picture of something that I was doing. I'm always just like, man, I can't believe I was doing that this time last year. Like I've evolved. So much as a collector, you know, uh, I think there were so many distractions like at that time when I was trying to figure stuff out, but now I'm so all in on collector's mindset. I talked about the North Star, following your North Star. Here's one for you. My man, DeCaptain37, shout out Kevin Randall. Um, Hopefully you're having a a nice uh, glass of Captain, um, enjoying your summer. Um, But, you know, he put up on in in his stories, he was selling his Andrew Lux that he had, his Topps Chrome. And I looked at his post and I said, I need to get on the Andrew Luck train. And we worked out a deal. He's sending me four Andrew Luck BGS 9.5 Chrome parallels. I'll be posting on IG. And to me, when I look at my PC and I look at Peyton and then I've got Wince, it's like old and new, but this whole time I've been saying to myself, man, I feel empty. I feel empty because 12 is in here. And as I think about that, it was, this is like therapy, okay? Jumping in and seeing the captain's posts and pulling the trigger. It's like therapy to me. It's like therapy because as a fan, that wasn't a very fun time. I was in the stadium that, that day at that preseason game. I got home, 
and I saw the press conference and I was shook. And every, again, like for me, I don't ever look at like, oh, how could you? Why could you? Everyone's got their own situation. Everyone has their own personal story and what they feel and what they want to do. And it's on them to make those decisions. And so I was never upset with Andrew Luck. I was more shocked than ever. But for me, it was like getting through that hump of having a player like that, that you truly love and appreciate. And then all of a sudden he's just gone, took a long time to recover. So I saw the captain's post and I said to myself, immediately, moments started triggering back in my head. And the moment and the comeback against the Chiefs in the playoffs when I was in the stadium and luck, fumble, grab the ball, Superman, come back from 38 to three, touchdown, win the damn game. Games like his rookie year at home against Green Bay. Shouldn't have won the game. Luck was throwing the ball everywhere. Reggie Wayne everywhere. Won the game. Games like Peyton coming home, playing the Broncos, Sunday night football. Broncos were undefeated. A lot of emotion in that game. Colts willed their way, got the win on Luck's shoulders. I can't forget moments like that as a fan. I can't, and I won't. And so buying cards of guys like 12, it matters. It matters to me. I buy the cards and I don't care if the cards ever go up or ever do anything, but it allows me as a collector and a fan to attach myself to players in moments that I truly love. And I think focusing on things that make me happy and going all in on that is what I'm all about in the hobby. I just want to close with this, man. This has been a, a pretty <laughs> intense, I'm, as I'm delivering this and I'm just like, man, this has been a, a ride on this episode. I'm feeling a lot of passion. I think just in closing remarks, you know, we all invest in sports cards, you know, whether it's money, time, energy, passion. I think let's all put a goddamn era into the era of the talking head and the person telling us what we should buy and what we should do. These people lost. Look at their content. Look at the damn receipts. I want the next wave to be a wave of passion, a wave of collecting. And it's there. It's always been there. But I'm going to do whatever I can in my freaking power to bring light to those people, those stories, and the, the real ingredients that help make this hobby tick. We'll all see that at the National. It's going to kick ass and be awesome. And I can't wait to see you all there. If you like what you're hearing on Stacking Slabs, hit that subscribe button, leave a review, take care of yourself, take care of others around you, and I'll be back on Friday with my man Bennett talking Tim Duncan, PMG Green. Boom. <laughs>